And we begin with good day, sir. <laughs> Geeks come in all shapes and sizes. Um, and that they come into all kinds of things. That <laughs> uh, I was thinking more about the satanic panic. By the scholar Gary Gygax. Well, wait, hold on. I said good day, sir. Not defending Roman slavery by any no, stretch. By but oh God, that's bad. Let them vote. Fuck off. <laughs> when historians, and especially British historians, yeah. want to get cute. Oh, it's, it's in there. Uh, okay. it, it is not worth the journey. This is a Geek History of Time. Where we project nerdery, connect nerdery, <laughs> yes. sorry, into the real world. Aging Dr. Project. Freud. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, yeah, having having an 18-month-old means, uh, yeah, uh, a lot being pent up is what it means. It means being a little bit. Who are so, you? Who, I'm Ed Blaylock. <laughs> I'm, I'm keeping this one. I'm a, I'm a father. <laughs> I'm a father of an 18-month-old and a world history teacher uh, here in Northern California. Who the hell are you? <laughs> I'm Damien Harmony. I am a father of two and a uh, Latin teacher as well as a world history teacher because I'm just never bored. Never. Uh, never. Never. And so I'm up here in Northern California as well. Um, last time we spoke, we spoke yes. of uh, comic books. Yes. As and, we frequently do. Yeah, no kidding. And uh, allegorical, non-authorial intent. Yes. Our, our, our continuing campaign to uh, make the concept of authorial intent uh, basically meaningless uh, <laughs> in any kind of discussion of uh, any, any form of literature or media. Uh, and so you started us off last time I did. Uh, by talking about uh, the X-Men and their, their relationship mm-hmm. uh, to uh, the civil rights movement. Yes. Uh, and the, the overt intention uh, of uh, the writers uh, to introduce issues regarding racism, regarding uh, anti-racism. Regarding social justice warrior Social stuff. justice, yeah, social yeah. justice warrior stuff, SJW stuff. Uh, directly into the storylines. Yeah, purposefully, uh, purposefully and, and, with with yeah. intent. Uh, and then uh, we then jumped off into then talking about how uh, the X Men is uh, basically the queerest uh, superhero series there is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, that the, mutants the great, themselves yeah, are are yeah. the queerest group of superheroes. Yeah. Like, You've got people who are altered humans. Yes. You've got people who are technological wizards. Yes. You've got aliens and, yeah. and you've got robots, yeah. but you also have mutants. And it seems that mutants tend to be the queerest. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, the allegory is certainly most powerful there. Yes. And uh, as I mentioned, uh, the the X-Men have been... Um, I don't. I it might be might be me overstepping as a as a cishet white guy to say that, that the X Men have been adopted by mm-hmm. uh, LGBT geeks, but it was a statement by uh, an author uh, in Gay Star News who did say if you are a, a queer and mm-hmm. you are a comic book fan, then you love the X Men. So it, it it resonates. It strongly. resonates very strongly. Okay. Um, and I think it has to do with the idea that, you know, being a mutant is something that is inborn. It is not something you choose. It is right. not, you know, talking about the structure of, of uh, the, the hero's journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is the call and then there is the refusal of the call. Mm. There is no refusing being a mutant. There is no way to refuse the call. There is no way 
to to choose right you know not to do that it's it's worth noting that in x2 Mm -hmm. in that great scene where bobby drake's family find out Mm -hmm. he's a mutant his mother literally looks at him and says well have you tried not being a mutant right and like everybody in the theater has to go oh right oh wow that was in the early 2000s that was in the early 2000s yes um, no, it, it's funny that you say that too because she's essentially telling him there's a closet. Could yeah. you try to fit could into you, it? Could you go in it? Do you mind? And yes. and so while there is no refusing the call of being a mutant, yeah, there are a number of characters that I mean in the very beginning, Angel. Yeah, uh, there's this wonderful, and I couldn't find the panel, mm-hmm. but there's this wonderful panel of I believe either uh, Bobby Drake or Hank McCoy, so mm-hmm. either Iceman or or, or beast, beast um, helping Angel uh, harness up his wings, and he's helping him from right there behind. He's in his personal space, and they're talking about hiding themselves and how the world will never accept this. And I mean, it is it is accidentally there, yeah. But it's but, so but totally it's, there. But the subtext, but the subtext is really easily, yeah. Again, authorial intent. That was not what they were aiming at. Right. But, well, depending on depending on what era we're talking about, because mm-hmm. I, I mentioned Byrne, and and when he took over writing the X Men uh, in the late seventies, right? He he was like, no 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 no, you don't understand. No, I'm 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 gonna I'm, I can't. Jim Shooter won't let me say they're gay. Right. I I can't actually have uh, the storyline that I want with uh, Mystique and her lover Destiny mm-hmm. uh, actually being the parents of Net. Right now, I'm forgetting which other character it is. I want to say Nightcrawler because he's also yeah, blue. Yeah, it was Nightcrawler and Azazel. Right. Maybe I don't know. Uh, well, Azazel, Azazel wound up being oh, the storyline. The storyline right. that Shooter approved was right. Azazel was the father, Mystique was the mother. The idea had been Mystique was the father. Because she's a shapeshifter, therefore gender fluid. Therefore gender fluid. Yeah. And Destiny was his mother. And Shooter, of course, had his. I mentioned this in the last episode. His stupid blanket no homos policy, which you rightly pointed out was an example of me being presentist. But yeah. still, Jim Shooter is a jerk. Wait, I'm gonna, and I'm when was stick that? With that, when was it? That, that was, was in 78, 79. So seventy eight, seventy nine. Again, burn. This, this was burn being being yeah. a bomb thrower. Right, but it was, but it was very clearly him saying, "Okay, no, look, you know, if we're gonna say they're mutants, let's let's number let's one, go all out. make them make them different, make them look weird, mm-hmm. and if if they are if they are different, mm-hmm. let's make them different in meaningful ways." And also, they the X Men in seventy eight seventy nine. There's a yeah. couple things going on. One, they have come back uh, yeah. in seventy five. Like they were gone. From about sixty nine to seventy five, yes, uh, it was all reprints, right? So they're back, and when they're back, they're back in brighter colors. Yep, uh, Chris Claremont. Yep, uh, uh, they're Giant X Men number one, nineteen seventy five. That's right. I they're, my notes back out from last time. They're international. Uh, more importantly, though, they are um, in a lot of colors, and they're coming out right around the same time that disco is starting to uh, invade the music scene. Okay. Um, and I say this because... I'm intrigued with where you're going here. Yeah, well... It's a bold move, Cotton. Let's see how it plays out. <laughs> so, well, first off, there's the character Dazzler. Well, yeah. Who is a disco queen. 
Yes. Uh, and I don't exactly remember when she pops up first, but I want to say it's late 70s, early 80s. Sounds about right. But there was a huge backlash against disco music uh, heading into the early 80s. Yeah. Um, it's it's rare that comic books are a leading indicator. Very often they're a trailing indicator. But it seems to me that the backlash that um, Shooter had, mm. um, and again, you know, he's he's a, he's a corporate guy. He's he's a you know he's he's, he's a bean counter. Yeah. Um, he um, roundly disliked by everybody who had to work for him because apparently he was a tyrant. And, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that's beside the point. Right. I just want to rag on Jim Shooter at every opportunity. <laughs> Forgive me. Continue. That's fine. Um, so disco is really, really hitting its stride in the late seventies. Yeah. To the point where people start to react against it. Yeah. You have the blowing up of disco, the death of disco out in Wrigley Field. I want to say it was, or no, yeah. Comiskey Park. Comiskey. Um, which is in Middle America, which is in the Midwest. And if you look at disco itself, it was music that was well, very coastal. much yeah, New York, mm-hmm. L.A. Mm-hmm. Probably San Francisco, right. Bay Area. Very, very gay. Um, yeah. In terms of uh, the, flamboyant, y- that very, too. Very, yeah. but like the the gay communities at that time really dug disco. Okay. Um. So did uh, African Americans yeah. and Latinos on yeah. both coasts. So the reaction against it in the Midwest was a white bread, white meat reaction against music that appealed to marginalized communities. Okay. So Jim Shooter is Jim Shooter? Yeah, okay. Jim Shooter. Jim Shooter sounds like he is echoing the sentiment that would then grow through the 80s to hate on disco um, in the same way that uh, Claremont? No. Claire, well, Claremont. Chris Claremont st- restarted the series right. that was uh, Byrne, John was Byrne. Byrne. John Byrne, thank you. In the same way that John Byrne was trying to he's like Push no the exactly yeah. and in many ways disco was absolutely that and it was again bicoastal uh multiracial mm-hmm. uh multisexual yeah. um a very sexual way of dancing a celebration of life mm-hmm. uh at a at a very dreary time uh on the oh, margins incredibly dreary yeah. we talked about how much the 70s sucked yeah yeah um on the margins so it just yeah. it's interesting to me how um Comic books were kind of a leading indicator for once, in in that they were out ahead of. Yeah, uh, these no, things. I see. Yeah, I definitely yeah. see what you're saying there. Um, but um, you know, so so Byrne had all these ideas, had these crazy, crazy ass ideas mm-hmm. um, by by the standards of the day, right? Crazy ass, and and even by the standards of today, being that overt about. No, no. This this is what literal physical biological gender fluidity would mean. Mm-hmm. I, I can't even imagine the the flame wars that would that would erupt. Uh, oh yeah. In 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 our our you know the Facebook groups that we that we're both in about you know Marvel yeah. Marvel comics from different eras. The the number <laughs> of people that would find it necessary to jump on. Oh yeah. Hey, damn SJWs. Like. <laughs> Dude, back <laughs> off, get out! You don't. You clearly don't really know what you're talking about. Right. Get out of here. But um, I want to. I want to get back to talking about mm-hmm. North Star. Yeah. Okay. Who was originally an Alpha Flight? He was. He was, he was yeah. a mutant, but he was an yeah. Alpha Flight. He was, he was can, not part Canadian. of the X Men. He was not part yeah. of the X Men. Um, but uh, he was originally 
introduced again late seventies, mm-hmm. and um, he was one of John Byrne's babies. Mm-hmm. He was he was a John Byrne character. Okay, and I may have I may have mentioned that I may be re- retreading stuff that we went over last time, uh, but I, I think it's important to to note for part of the conversation going forward. Um, John Byrne intended for North Star to be gay, like from the beginning, like from the moment he wrote the character. Mm-hmm. In his in his head as the author, mm-hmm. this is a gay man. If he nothing is, else, he's he gay coded. Homosexual. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what's funny is he was the kinds of things that we would look at as being gay coded. He wasn't necessarily gay coded. Okay. But uh, Byrne went to the editorial board and said, "This these are the characters I'm introducing. One of them is this guy, you know, North Star. He's got his sister Aurora. He's, he's got a sister, you know." And uh, he's gay. Mm-hmm. And Shooter went, nope, no homos. That's that's one of the rules. That's part of the deal. Can't right. do that. Not doing it. No gay characters. No, 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 no. All right, fine, fine, fine. Well. <laughs> now, at that same time, by the way, real quick. Yeah. He'd introduced a character named Box as well, right? Part of Alpha Flight yeah. was Box. And Box was a disabled character. Yeah. Who then, like, because of the power armor, was able to walk around. So. Yeah. Shooters okay with certain marginalized of yeah. society, as long as they're fixing themselves through their yeah. Stuff. As long as long as they're making themselves into being fitting fitting the mainstream mold. Right. Yes. Okay. Because you know that's aspirational, and we should be you know pushing yeah. that kind of idea. You know, bootstraps. <laughs> yada right. yada. Yeah. Uh, what the hell with shooter? Uh, so Byrne uh, uh, was not allowed. To say mm-hmm. North Star is gay. Okay. However, um, there, like he he did he did everything he could to walk right up to that line, uh-huh. and then and then get out a stick and start scraping the line into the <laughs> dirt. Uh, one one notable example is uh, somebody calls North Star's house. Okay. And of course, North Star is a millionaire with a mansion and he's an Olympic level skier. He's an Olympic skier. Yeah. Yeah. And um, uh, somebody calls him at home. I think his sister calls him at home. Mm -hmm. And uh, a guest of North Star's picks up the phone. Mm -hmm. It's the phone in the pool room. Meaning okay. the room with a swimming pool, right? And so the the person who picks up the phone is mm-hmm. a very attractive, very muscular man uh-huh. in a in a swimsuit, uh, or I might not have been in a swimsuit. I don't Just recall, a towel, but, maybe. but a towel wrapped yeah. around his waist, answering phone, saying, uh, "Yes, this is North Star's residence. Uh, he's not. He, I, you know, who who can I tell him is calling?" Mm-hmm. And 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 you know other other kinds of remarks that it's sure. like. You know, you're not you're not gonna let us come out and say it, so we're just gonna you know find other ways to you know have the circumstantial evidence pile up until you know it's really difficult to right. Um, and so, uh, but but it, it was hinted at his his orientation was hinted at broadly and repeatedly. Mm-hmm. Uh, he made remarks to his sister about a particular female character. Well, you know, she's not my type. Uh, you know, okay. kind of that kind of stuff. And then, uh, but but it was never straight up acknowledged. Okay. Eh? Eh? Straight up. Never mind. I don't get it. Uh, okay. Um, in, <laughs> so, Shooter got fired in 87. And in 1992, mm-hmm. Scott Lobdell finally got permission 
uh, from the editorial board to have North Star actually say, I am a gay man. Oh, straight up. I, okay, yeah. Whatever. I'm done. That's it. Last <laughs> attempt. I'm not going to try it again. So, um, now, so, so. In, but he says, I'm a gay he man. Sa- he said, he just mm-hmm. came out and yeah. said, I am, I am gay. And, um, this is in Alpha Flight number 106. Okay. Now, Alpha Flight is, has always been kind of a second run. Yeah. You know, also ran kind of series. Right. That issue sold out in six days. Wow. Sold out completely. They had to go into a second printing. Here's what I want to know. Yeah. Was it banned anywhere? Not that I was able to find out. Okay. That would have been interesting to find it, out. It would now, have been. This is still under the CCA, but, right? Yes, this is. Okay. Still under... So yes. what What year was this again? In 92. 92. Oh, that's definitely under the CCA. Oh, yeah. Still under Whoa, the CCA. 92? Yeah. I was collecting comics still in '92. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's that's. I mean, you had Ravage 2099 in '92. I'll show oh, you a picture wow. of it. Wow, yeah. yeah, it's garbage. Oh yeah, well, hot garbage. I loved it, but it's garbage. So many, so many you, comics from you the had, early '90s. Were, yeah, yeah, were guys with long hair and yeah. trench coats, mullets. Not just long hair. You need to be totally honest Fair. about okay. this. Fair. It's not just long hair. It was guys with mullets. Some the of them mullet, were incident. Mullet was huge. They were in some of them were incidental and many mullets. Of the mullets were huge. Yes, yes they were. Who and and a bunch of people wearing um masks that weren't masks. Masks that weren't really masks. Yeah. What, what was what was the one guy had a had a star around his shatter star or something? Yeah. There was also had a long a, shot weird, or something. Yeah. Might, might, I might be thinking of long shot. Yeah. But but one of those he worked for Mojo. Uh, yeah, what's his yeah. name? Can't draw feet. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm completely forgetting the artist's name. Uh, but anyway, yeah, crazy, weird, yeah, weird nutball Odd, stuff yeah. happening in comics at that time. So um, wow, and so, Dead, Deadpool came out right around the same time too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who was, is a character who is, I believe, described as omnisexual. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And yeah, and and. <laughs> The, the writers, I, I don't know. I, I haven't gone back and read any of the early mm-hmm. Deadpool comics mm-hmm. to really see whether that was something that they coded right. or, or went there with. But I know, you know, in the last several years, they've, no, they've, oh, they've yeah, gone, gone as far as it, Well, because they're not paying attention to CCA anymore. Yeah, yet. no, yeah. Yeah. So. Okay, so it North comes Star, out as gay in so, 1992. Yeah, North Star. Uh-huh. Handsome. Yep. White. Yep. Star athlete. Yep. Millionaire. Yep. Along with being a mutant and gay. Yes. It's kind of like the writers didn't want to push too many buttons at once. Right? That's, you know, at the same time, though, it's, um, and this might sound a little dodgy at first, but one of the successes of the Cosby show yeah. was that they were a doctor and a lawyer. Yeah. Showing people who are previously marginalized in very mainstream positions. Yes. Is a very valid source of representation. Yeah. Well, yeah. So. And, and I, yeah. A little of column A, a little of column B. Yeah. Um, By the now, way, North Star's first, his name was Jean Baptiste. I want to say real name. so, yeah. I his sister's name down. was Jean Marie. Yeah. Or Jean Marie. Jean, Jean, yeah. yeah. But it's basically they have, well, they're twinsies. Yeah. yeah. So they have yeah. roughly the same name. But I, I, I did find it interesting that they both, uh, of course, they're twins, but they both looked alike. So, I mean, it, from the very beginning, we're there, definitely. There were, these, there were these hints. Yeah. Going on. Yeah. yeah. Now it took twenty years uh-huh. for North Star and his longtime partner to get married. 
You don't but want to in, rush into these but, things. Yeah, but in 2012, they, they did, mm-hmm. and it was the first depiction of a gay wedding in, in mm-hmm. comics. Um, and an awful lot had changed in public perception of homosexuality in that time. Oh, God, yeah. Um, last episode, you know, talking about the AIDS crisis, talking right. about the increase in representation mm-hmm. and how the HIV epidemic kind of forced activism onto the gay community. Yeah. Because it was either stand up and and get our rights or just keep dying. Yeah, yeah. Um, and by 2012, homosexuality had been normalized to a really great degree. Yeah. I, I don't want to fall into the trap of saying, well, you know, when we solved that problem, because no. we hadn't at all. Yeah. But by that time, uh, drug cocktails had turned HIV from a death sentence uh, into a chronic but controllable medical condition. If you have health care. If you, if you have health care, yeah. Well, if there's only um, a way to solve that for everyone. Yeah. Huh. Hmm. Oh, well. Yeah, well. One for the ages. Yeah. Um, and... It is, it is notably in 2012 that mm-hmm. public support for recognition of gay marriage first hit a majority. According to Gallup, uh, that was the first year it, it hit 53% support. It tipped. Um, gay characters on television, and I know I mentioned this last episode, mm-hmm. uh, had gone from being one-note jokes, talking about the gay panic jokes in Friends, yep. to being the leads in their own series. Uh, think of Ellen, think of Will and Grace. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and just the the manner in which uh, homosexual relationships and homosexual characters were just were, normal were being were being portrayed, and were just it was just well, you know, that's that's them, right? That's just yeah, who that's just yeah. who they are. And it's not even they're down the hall; it's they're the main characters, yeah. And it's a normal relationship, yeah. Like and not like oh, let's play that for laughs. Let's look yeah. at what makes relationships funny, yeah. And play, yeah. I'm thinking about with Ellen. She came out. I remember mm-hmm. I watched the episode where she came out, um, and then they had one more season, and then they just they were done. Yeah. But Will and Grace, the very basis of it was well, the premise was yeah he built was around yeah. Will's homosexuality. homosexuality. He was the manic or, pixie dream gal. Yeah, he he was <laughs> he, he was. Uh, <laughs> sassy actually, gay friend. Yeah, I, I actually had a well, you know, but he wasn't that sassy. That no, was the interesting wasn't. thing yeah. about about Will in Will and Grace, uh, the the TV trips term for for Will is straight gay. Yep, which is not camp gay, not flamboyant, right. fabulous, any of that stuff. Right, you know, none of those stereotypes. He was, you know, very well put together, mm-hmm. but. Until he introduced you to his date for the evening, you wouldn't right. realize that he was gay. Right. You know, uh, and it was Jack in that series. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Who who you know played the 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 the, the pardon pardon my use of the term, but I can't think of anything else right now. But but kind of the twinkle toes stereotype. Mm-hmm. The sissy. Know, the sissy boy. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know, and and even when. The joke was centered on Jack. Mm-hmm. The joke wasn't punching down at Jack. The right. joke was that Jack is a narcissist. Right. The, the, it was. It was about how shallow he was, or or how. Yeah. It's not that. Know, it's not that gay was his personality. Yeah. It's that he's gay, and also here are his personality flaws. Yeah. Aren't these funny? Yeah. It's very different. Yeah. Yeah. Profoundly different. Um, so and, that was Will and Grace. And, you know, and that was in the early 2000s? I want to say. Yeah. Um, I know it's after 
You're, are you still doing the research on still, friends? Yes. I'm sorry. Oh my god. So so I know it's post. I know it's post early friends. But mm-hmm. I know I can't. I'm trying to. Off the top of my head, I don't remember exactly where in the early 2000s it was. But sure. it is. But it is an artifact of the 21st century. Yeah. Um, and and it's a very powerful reminder of how our attitudes have changed toward mm-hmm. this particular marginalized community. Well, and it goes to show that representation absolutely matters. Yeah. Because oh. if they're in your sitcoms, they're in your living room yeah. on a weekly basis. They're, your they're part of your family. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's also worth noting, mm-hmm. uh, while we're talking about this, just occurred to me, this isn't mm-hmm. anything I had in my notes, but uh, on in the last season, the mm-hmm. most recent season, of Grey's Anatomy. Mm-hmm. Um, Is that two, still going? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they're, they're about to start season 16. Wow. Are they it's, just trying to hang on to beat ER? Is that what's going on? Cause... Uh, no, they're still, they're still doing well enough in ratings that wow. they're making money on it. And Ellen Pompeo okay. isn't ready to quit yet. All right. So Grey's Anatomy is now referring to their pubic hairs. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Hers anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. There's there there okay. there there are. But but it's worth mm-hmm. it's in the context of what we're talking about here. It's worth noting that um, there are a pair of interns. Okay. Who are in a relationship mm-hmm. and are having. Significant relationship issues built around their personalities, built around one of them being kind of a shy, retiring nebbish, and another one being a totally cocky, arrogant, go get it, uh-huh. uh, orthopedic surgeon, you know, resident. And um, they are they are two gay men. Okay. And all of the drama in their relationship is mm-hmm. built around their emotional drama not around oh look at these two over emotional sissy boys right you know no it's it's no no they they have they have a connection but they are very different people yeah and fully fleshed them, out characters yeah and they're fully fleshed out characters okay and they're a significant subplot mm-hmm. you know or a notable thread one of one of multiple soap opera sure, kind of sure. storyline threads going on they're they're a notable valid important one mm-hmm um, my mother's soap opera, okay. Days of Our Lives, uh-huh. which you want to talk about a long runner, yeah, has been going on since the fifties, yeah, uh, in in one form or another. It's a really big hourglass, yeah, really, really big hourglass. Uh, <laughs> I'm 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 kind of I'm I'm both impressed and a little horrified that you just randomly knew that <laughs> particular reference out of that. I even know the music. It would be hard not to. If, yeah. If, if if you grew up in a household where anybody watched it, mm-hmm. even if you can't immediately say, oh, that's Days of Our Lives, you'd yeah. be like, oh, wait, I know that. Yep, yep, yep. There's, there's an overwrought emotional situation <laughs> about to happen here. Somebody's about to be kidnapped by aliens. What's going on? <laughs> uh, but there there are now a significant number of characters on that show uh-huh. who are gay. Now, cool. it's, it's interesting to note that they are almost all uh, cis gay men. Okay. So we're still not seeing uh, a lot of trans representation, or I don't think any trans representation. We're okay. not seeing a lot of uh, gender gender queer, gender neutral. Right. Uh, you know. You're um, seeing your standard like, oh, but it's gay. Yeah. Right. Pretty much. Yeah. It's, heteronormative, it's same, but it's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's yeah. It's take take the same heteronormative plot line, like yep. you say, but it's two guys. Right. Now so, I want to go back because we're talking about yeah. TV. 
Yeah. In the late 70s, early 80s. Yes. Billy Crystal was on a TV show called yeah. Soap. God, that was a brilliant fucking so show. So good. So good. I wish it was on a streaming service and, that I subscribed to. And, and, uh, um, but he was on it. He was... I'm invisible. <laughs> my father, my father <laughs> still quotes that to this day. We, we always did, no one calls El Puerco a dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, whoever the writers were for that show oh, so were, good. were amazing. But, yeah, Billy, but Crystal Billy Crystal was gay. Yes. He played a gay character. I believe he was the first gay character on TV uh, who was a regular character. Because yeah, I yeah. remember there was an episode of MASH where there was a guy who got beat up by his platoon because he was because gay. Because he was gay. Um, but, uh, but Billy Crystal played a regular occurring main character who was gay. And that was, again, at the same time that Jim Shooter was saying no homo. Yeah. Um, so it just kind of just I, I, I forgot that that existed. Um, and then you also had bosom body, buddies, which was poking at that, but it yeah clearly it, wasn't. But also Jack Tripper was pretending to was be gay. Pretending to be gay. So you've got a long history of gay being in the lexicon, but well, now but, but again, it's now it's front and center yeah. and normalized. And that's to, different to an, to an extent. But uh-huh. it's, it's worth noting. Mm-hmm. Um, my, one of my favorite phrases when we're recording. It's worth noting that uh, 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 Ritter's character mm-hmm. and and his interactions with the landlord, yes, were all built around gay panic jokes. Yes, they were. You're absolutely the right. Only, now, and and that actually goes back to older ideas of sexual morality about you, mm-hmm. know, you got a dude mm-hmm. in a in a bedroom in an apartment with two women. So mm-hmm. it's the three of them. Oh, you know, they have to be up to something. Right. So in order, you know, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to allow that to be happening. You know, so right. Respect, so no, no, there's none of that hanky panky going on because, you know, I'm, I'm gay. So obviously that can't be happening. Never mind the fact it might not be happening anyway, but you know, it, right. it it's, it's, yes, they, they were, the idea of gayness was there. Right. But it was, but it was being... It was being used as fodder for, like you were talking about, absolutely. for those gay panic jokes. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Hey, Geek Nation, this is Ed. And Damien. Hey, hey. what you got there? Uh, I got a copy of uh, The Stolen uh, by my good friend Bishop O'Connell. He is a Norwegian wedding cake creator? No, he is not. Oh. He is a he, uh, an urban fantasy writer, a member of the Science Fiction Writers of America. Oh, wow. So yeah. that's that looks like it says one of three. Uh, yes. Well, it's uh, the first volume of an American fairy tale. The other two volumes are uh, The Forgotten and The Returned. Nice. What's... Yeah. Uh, the, it's a fairy tale. Does that mean there's a lot of Celtic and Irish folklore in there? A very great deal, yes. Uh, the first Fantastic. novel actually involves the characters traveling to Tiranog. No kidding. Yeah. Wow, I remember that from Titanic. There you <laughs> Good day, sir. <laughs> and with that, back to the show. And we're back. All right. So, but we're here to talk about comic books. We've, mm-hmm. we've, we've, you know, as we do, we've gotten off on this, <laughs> on, this on this long tangent. But um, so, so North Star gets married. In North Star gets married in 2012, mm-hmm. and and this is like you say, comics are a trailing indicator usually. Uh, and and in this case, I think it's a very closely trailing indicator. Mm-hmm. 
of of this broader acceptance within society as a whole of the idea that being gay is normal right um and the the next real interesting from a from a uh, social justice perspective mm-hmm. from from a, from a social movement perspective mm-hmm. the the next uh, storyline that that I want to mention before before I go into really talking about Bobby Drake okay because I'm gonna end by talking about Bobby Drake in nice. detail. Uh, but there's there's a really important moment uh, in amazing X-Men number 17 that's a moment between North Star okay and another young mutant named Anoli. Okay, now real quick, this is Amazing X-Men number 17. This is yeah. in the 2000s. Yes, this is since North Star got married. This okay, so this 20, is since 2012. I want to say it's 2015. Okay. Off the top of my wow. head. I, I so can, it's I fairly can recent. It's, it's, it's within the last yeah. five years. Well, as of this recording, it's yeah. only a year ago. Yeah, yeah. nice. We yeah. record these out of sequence. Yeah, totally. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so Anoli... Uh-huh. Is uh, he takes his name from the fact that he looks like a lizard? He has scaly skin. He has claws. I'm still not, and I'm the Latin guy, so I'm feeling a little. Anoli, anoli lizards? No, I don't know. Okay, um, okay. My my phone is borked, but okay. Uh, if, but if you want to look a, it up, okay. it's a species of lizard. An right. anoli lizard. A n o l e. Okay. And so um, he's a member of the new X Men. Okay. And he's. A, a representative of the kind of mutant that Chris Claremont introduced in the 70s, which is to say he looks like a lizard. He cannot pass. Can't pass. Yeah, these... Okay, I see what you're saying as far as these lizards go. They're very bright green. They have a, a crest that comes down yeah. off their neck. It's kind of pinkish. Yeah. And uh, they're tiny. Kind of related to geckos. Okay. They Yeah, they look like a... a yeah, a, a, a gecko is trying to look like an alligator or something. Yeah. Okay, so that's yeah, an anoli. That's a good, yeah. All right, odd. <laughs> so, kind of digging deep for mutant superpowers, but really, mm-hmm. at the same time, what you're talking about here is because now I'm starting to remember other characters as well. Mm-hmm. Almost all of their powers manifested in a way that was, like you said, impossible to pass. Yeah, well, you know when, and that becomes um, their identity instead when, of instead of their power, it's more their outward appearance. Yeah. Then. When, okay. And now I'm completely blanking. Uh, uh, bio, bio steel, Colossus. Colossus. When Colossus manifests his powers, there's no way. There's right. no way to mistake. He's a mutant. But he can. He can't. He can. Yeah. You know. He fold can back in. Right. You know, but there there are other. You know, uh, Nightcrawler obviously can't pass. Can't pass. Kitty Pride. Kitty Pride can pass. Can unless she activates unless, her power. Unless she activates her power. Uh huh. Uh, you know, you go it, forward into the time where you've got Anoli. Yeah. There's a character that was named Darwin. There's a character that was named. Th- there were a lot of lizardly, lizardy yeah, characters. Yeah, reptilian. And there was somebody who her, her name was Armor or something like that. And yeah. She turned into like gelatinous armor. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And so a lot of not so, passing. So a lot of a lot of not passing going okay. on. Okay. And um, he he winds up Anoli mm-hmm. winds up um, he he. He, he has a date. Okay. And he gets lured away from the school mm-hmm. by somebody who who says they're they're romantically, they, they want to meet up with him. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he winds up being victimized by a mind-bending mutant who preys on his insecurities. Okay. 
And in the midst of trying to deal with all that, it's a it's a longer story that I'm going to get into. Mm-hmm. But Northstar shows up, okay, and says to him, "Hey, look, I understand what you're going through. I'm gay." Mm-hmm. And it only tells him to pound sand because he says, "No, you don't understand wow. anything. You're a millionaire. You're pretty." Right. You're you, everybody loves you. Mm-hmm. Look at me. Right. You know, people look at me and they wonder if I'm slimy. Right. You know, I I you you cannot there is no way for you to understand mm-hmm. my problem just because we both happen to like boys. Right. And I'm I'm paraphrasing and yeah, simplifying, yeah, yeah. but you know, it's wow. it's it's bringing the idea of intersectionality now. Nice. Into the conversation. Because, you know, it's one thing for well-off, middle-aged, established, white gay men to be talking about, you know... We understand it gets better, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I don't want to I don't want to denigrate efforts to try to to try to help people, right? But there there has been a greater amount of uh, um, there's there's been more talk mm-hmm. from from intersectional people within the LGBTQ community mm-hmm. saying, okay, look, yes, we're both gay, but I'm gay and Hispanic or black or disabled right. or fill in the blank. Yeah. And or trans. Or trans. Yeah. You know, and and so, you know, it's it's one thing to to express uh empathy. It's it's one thing to express mm-hmm. your your support and that's appreciated. Right. But by the same token, shut the fuck up and listen. Yeah, you because... you were in those first two letters, y'all got to be around for a while. Yeah. We just got added to the list. We just, we just yeah. We, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and by erasure, mm-hmm. getting a bigger profile, people saying, okay, no, look, I'm, I'm bisexual. Yeah. And that doesn't mean I'm confused and it doesn't mean I'm passing and it doesn't mean, no, no, I'm a tourist no, or I'm, whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and so this, this is now the writers. Mm hmm. Having dealt with the subtext, nice. or, or having having originally had the subtext, yeah, seeing that the LGBTQ community took subtext that hadn't always been intentional mm-hmm. and adopted it and said, "No, man, we're running with it." Right now, saying, "Okay, we see you," wow, and acting on it, and I think that's that's a that's that's a remarkable development. And I love that Anoli is also a kid. Teenager, yeah, yeah. Because again, as a high school teacher, yeah, it's it's been amazing to see how because I've I've been at the same site for fourteen years, okay, and when I first got there, we had a thing called Day of Silence, and what it was was uh, any anybody who wanted to could do it, um, and I, I remember the uh, the reaction of teachers to it too, and I'll, I'll explain that in a second, but essentially Day of Silence was there was a specific day where uh, any any uh, queer student who wanted to would participate, as well as any allies. At that time, the word ally wasn't really in the uh, lexicon. Yeah, not just yet. Um, but uh, they basically wore tape over their mouths to protest the fact that violence toward uh, gay individuals, LGBTQ individuals, 
Um, and back then, I think it was just LGB. Mm-hmm. Maybe T was working its way in there. I don't. I don't know if it had gotten yeah, to the I'd Central Valley have to, yet. Have to look. But, but yeah. um, like they they were protesting that that violence toward them largely went unreported mm-hmm. and uh, was largely ignored when reported. Um, and the reaction of teachers, it was interesting. It, it very much split along the, the generation line, but not always. Mm-hmm. The reaction of teachers, some teachers were like, if I call on a kid and they don't answer, I'm taking off points. That's just how it goes. You know, that's that's part of a protest. And I get that. I get that. I disagree with it, but I get it. Um, and then there were other teachers who were like, no, dude, like it's, we're, we're going to find a non-talky activity to do that day. Mm-hmm. And some teachers were like, well, wait, doesn't that kind of take away from what their protest is? And it, there was, it was interesting arguments. Mm-hmm. One teacher had uh, on that same day, she, um, she had her club um, offer something called the Day of Truth, um, where they offered pizza to kids who would come and listen to the Day of Truth on the same day of the Day of Silence. Um, it was really gross. Uh, it was called the Fish Club. Um, and there was also a Christian club. Uh, there were two different Christian clubs, which I'm like, I'm all for, you know, schisms. Um, but they... Well, that's, you know, yeah. Judean people's front, people's front of Judea. Yeah. Hate yeah. each other more than they hate the Romans. Right. No, they still hate it on the gays, though. Um, well, well yeah. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> but, well, again, yeah. we all hate the Romans. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good point. Um, but uh, they would have, like, that was that Fish teacher's club. reaction. Yeah. Um, and so over time... Over 14 years. I'd, I'd be really interested mm-hmm. to find out what fucking truth that woman was trying to get at. I believe she was quoting the red text, but not listening to the red text. Um, but, uh, yeah. Heresy, heresy, yeah. heresy. Anyway, sorry. No, it's fine. Carry on. So uh, then that was in the beginning. And then as time went on, the the administrators were like, basically, have any counsel us on how to deal with it? And they were basically like, kind of laissez-faire about it. Just like, leave them alone. Leave them alone. It's good. It's fine. It's good. And then it turned to um, how do we support this? And the kids were kind of leading the charge. One kid, she she built a doorway and basically said, this is the closet. Anybody who wants to walk out of it is welcome to. Um, and a lot of us teachers actually walked through in support um, and, uh, and and stuff like that. It was, it was really cool. And then now it's gotten to the point where, um, you know, there are... I'm not going to say as many as as not, but in our hallways, and we're high school, so kids are always kissing on each other and hugging mm. on each other, and nobody bats an eye at the fact that, well, and if they do bat an eye, they're, they're, they shut up about it, about the fact that uh, same-sex couples are doing it too, mm. which is a, it's, it's been a really cool 14-year growth. Thing to see. Um, but uh, I, you know, these are teenagers that we're talking about. They are on the forefront of mm-hmm. figuring out sexuality because that's when they figure out sexuality. And to have Anoli be a teenager doing it, yeah. that's very well done. Very, oh, yeah. very prescient. So, sorry, I digress. So, yeah, no, no, yeah. no. It's a, it's, a, it's a perfectly, it's an important digression. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. Um, so that's, that's leading up to mm-hmm. my, the, the, the capstone of my thesis, which is talking about Bobby Drake. I love me some Bobby Drake. By yeah, the way. well. He has been one of my favoritest superheroes forever okay um i don't like fire i do like ice like okay. when i play D and uh-huh. i stay yeah, away well ice yeah. sorcerer i know right. i noted that right away I'm yeah like, oh okay. yeah i i've always liked cold weather over hot weather weird when i watched but okay <laughs> when i watched spider-man and his amazing friends uh-huh i loved iceman more okay. than i liked spidey or firestar 
All right. He was cool, man. Well, uh, literally. Yes. Uh, and, you know, liking him better than Firestar, I totally get. Liking him better than Spidey, this just proves that you're weird. Yeah, probably. Uh, but but I've Bobby, always loved Bobby Drake. Yeah. Yeah. Always, always And he is a founding member of the X-Men. Yep. Always pissed me off in uh, the Marvel TSR game that he was wildly underpowered as far as his health went. Really? Yeah. He was yeah. a glass hammer? Yeah, well, ice hammer, but hits, yeah. Hits, um, hits, hits real hard breaks like fine china? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, he Well, I mean, he was probably like 14 points higher than like Mr. Fantastic. Okay. Yeah, it, it just I'll, I'll show you All the right, stats. Yeah, yeah. Right. It, okay. it was yeah, disappointing. You know what? Don't. The yeah. less I have to do with that game, the better. <laughs> Um, so he, she's one of the original X-Men. Yes. Lee did not intend Bobby Drake to be gay. No. Um, the writers of the original series portrayed him as they did Scott Summers, Hank McCoy, and Warren Worthington II as being straight, white, suburban young men. The third. Oh, the third? He's Warren oh, Worthington I missed, the third. Okay, yeah, no, yeah. I, miss, I mistyped you, right? Uh, the allegory they had in mind. <laughs> Sorry, I just love that I had to correct you on the genealogy of the Worthington family. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, of any character was going to be gay out of those, I would have picked you Angel. Would have, you would have thought Angel yeah. wouldn't. Because he was the ladies' man. He, yeah. He really was. And he was Ponzi. Yeah. So he kind of fit the 60s he idea of gay. the 60s idea, yeah, yeah. You'd think. But apparently not. Yeah. So um, the allegory they had in mind when mm-hmm. they were creating these characters was, again, for racism. And in the 60s, I'd be surprised to find out anybody would even take seriously the idea of trying to bring homosexual equality into the equation on any level. Yeah. Uh, because in the, in the 60s, that was that was still so far outside of any kind of mainstream attention, any kind of mainstream notice. Yeah. Like, like I mentioned in the last episode, we don't see any kind of movement mm-hmm. uh, really capturing any level of the public imagination for homosexual rights until Stonewall. Yeah, and that's after... That's 68. Yeah. So that's that's well after. Yeah. So Bobby wound up having a number of straight relationships. Mm-hmm. None of them lasted. Mm-hmm. Without getting too far into the weeds, they frequently ended disastrously. Oh, was not he just only, bad? Not only, not, only, not only for him, but sometimes for the universe. Oh. You know. Okay. Um, in X2... Mm-hmm. Bobby has a coming out scene to his parents. I mentioned this earlier. Now, this is the movie. Yeah, this is the, and, the 2003 X-Men movie. And this is he's dating Rogue in yes, the movie. Yes, he yeah. is dating Rogue. And he's in trying the movie. to figure out how to have sex with her. Yeah. Like, he has that talk with like, Wolverine, yeah, too. He's, yeah, trying to figure out how, how do we make this work. Yeah. And so in X2, he, he has this coming out scene to his parents uh-huh. uh, with his father, which is, this is taken from canon, his father reacts angrily. Right. His father is, is pissed. And his mother, again, pain, painfully and kind of hilariously at the same time, asking, mm-hmm. have you tried not being a mutant? Right. Like, that's not, you don't understand how this works. Right. And the subtext there is another case of it barely being a subtext at all. Right. Um, enter mm-hmm. time-traveling Bobby Drake in all new X-Men in the last year Few or so. years, yeah. yeah. In issue number 40 of all new X-Men... Jean Grey, mm-hmm. who has also traveled from the past. So okay. so past Bobby, Jean, God damn it. Okay, and other on. characters. One of the problems the X-Men has always had is time travel and yeah. going to space. Yeah. It's like, you've got enough shit going on here. <laughs> why do you have to do why, this? Why are you doing... Okay, well, okay. so, so time traveled again. Modern, modern day Cyclops went bad. 
Yes, he did. And so somehow and somebody Professor brought, X. Yeah. And somehow somebody brought Bobby and Gene from the past. And I think Cyclops from the past forward. forward. Okay. As some kind of way to solve the issue. Okay. So anyway, so we have we have young, still teenager Bobby Drake, still teenager Gene okay. Gray. Okay. So in issue number forty, mm-hmm. young exclamation point Gene. Mm-hmm. Discovers through telepathy, mm-hmm. and then reveals, kind of blurts it out, uh, that Bobby is gay. Okay. Uh, time displaced, still a teenager from the 60s, Bobby argues with her. Right. He's like, no, I'm not, don't stop saying that, knock that off. And she's like, well, no, no, I'm the longer, I'm, I'm, you know, mm-hmm. the, the longer you're thinking about it, the more, no, 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 you, you, you need to face this. And she's trying to be supportive and she's trying to be helpful okay and there's there's a great kind of discussion about this isn't any what what gives you the right as a telepath to go digging around in my head right finding this out and then trying to force me into this you know right and she means well but still there are these issues of consent and, sure. and all this stuff going on and so eventually he winds up admitting that yes okay yeah i'm gay but I don't want to be gay and a mutant at the same time because I already have to deal with enough shit. Right. And at least being a mutant means I have a bitch in superpower. <laughs> like, like people are going to hate me for being a mutant. But right. if they just hate me for being a mutant, that's only one thing. Okay. And I can at least use my powers to help people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's awesome. I'm a right. superhero. Right. You know, and he's a fairly unique superhero, by the way. Yeah. Having cryokinesis is not something that hardly any other character has. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I can't think of any. Well, Frozone, but that's okay. the Incredibles. And oh, yeah, it doesn't totally count. Different. And in DC, you had Mr. Freeze. Who's a villain. Right. And needs to use a gun. Has to use tech right. for it. Right. So, so yeah. he basically has access to Freon. Yeah. Um, but well, but like super free. Yeah, like like true, true. Like liquid nitrogen can't do the stuff Mister Freeze can do. But true, but like Bobby Drake is the only cryokinetic that I can think of, and where that's his main power. Like there might be others who are elementalists of some yeah. sort, and they can call in the cold, or yeah. like Storm can call in a blizzard. But 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 it's not cryokinesis. It's not. Yeah. It's not straight up. No, no, I freeze stuff. Right. Like yeah, yeah. Um, and so young Bobby mm-hmm. talks to older Bobby and older Bobby reevaluates his own history and admits to himself he's been suppressing his sexuality and trying to overcompensate all these years uh, for the very reasons okay. that young Bobby mentions. Right. Like, I didn't want to be a mutant and gay at the same time. Yeah. Like, this is not... It was bad enough to be one sure. and have my father have this 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 tension, this distance and this right. and, and you know, Bobby has had daddy issues forever because right. he's a mutant and it was like, you know, how much worse would it be if I told him, Oh yeah, and by the way, I also like guys you know, yeah, like yeah. you know, working class dad that he has, that would mm-hmm. be that would be a thing. And um, so he sublimated his insecurities Mm -hmm. into trying to be the best X-Man he could while hiding that facet of his identity, like closeting himself so deeply that he wasn't even acknowledging it to himself. Pathologizing himself. Yeah. Now, this is a retcon. 
this is this is yeah i mean you have time travel you yeah. have him interacting with his future self which apparently is okay and well, you know, um meanwhile yeah, cyclops is in no prison so the other cyclops is there but professor x is still dead and yeah, jean gray has yeah. power doesn't have power has yeah, power again yeah. she's not dead she's not the phoenix yet the phoenix has already flown like all yeah how it's, fucking confusing it's, it's, it's a the bobby drake part it's is probably huge. the easiest part to understand yeah so even though it creates a massive paradox yeah but anyway yeah so, but, but, but it is a retcon. It's, it's a retcon. It's mm-hmm. it it is the the queen mother of retcons, and it's the kind of retcon that gives comic store gatekeepers fits. Why they have to make him gay? Here's the thing. Yeah, the subtext was unintentional, mm-hmm. but it was always there. Mm. He couldn't make a straight relationship work. True. He was deeply insecure because of his father's rejection. Right. And he was constantly trying to overcompensate because of that. Yeah. This retcon is one that makes perfect sense after you think about it for a minute. It's mm-hmm. a retcon that feels less like a retcon and more like the twist at the end of a suspense movie. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, okay, no, I didn't see that. But now that I've seen that, yeah. everything else falls into place. Bruce and Willis never did talk to his mom. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah precisely. Yeah. Um, and the guy who started the Pray Away camp was gay. Yeah. 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 Um, it's a retcon that recognizes the role the franchise has played in the lives of LGBTQ nerds for decades. So it's a meta retcon. It's a meta retcon. That's cool. It mirrors the way society at large mm-hmm. has come to acknowledge and normalize the presence and participation of queer people in society. And specifically, a child leading it again, a teenager, yeah, a teenager leading, it leading it again. Leading it again. Yeah. On the personal scale, mm-hmm. it mirrors the narrative of being in the closet and limiting yourself. Mm-hmm. On the historical social scale, it mirrors society realizing that <gasps> gay people have been here forever. <laughs> yeah. Bobby was one of the founding X Men, and now that we and now mm-hmm. we realize he was gay all along. Okay. And since he has had this revelation, mm-hmm. since he... This might answer a question that's percolating in my head, so okay. go. Yeah. Since, since he since realizes... Since he yeah. has had this realization, mm-hmm. he has been recognized as being an Omega-level mutant. That's what I was going to ask. Um, Did he unlock his potential yes. after the fact? Yes. Yeah. His personal potential uh-huh. was being spent yes. on... Bottling. Not on, on bottling things up and on not recognizing who he was, not being comfortable with who he was, mm. being in denial mm-hmm. of who he was. And now, like in the last couple of years, um, he's actually managed to regenerate body parts after, you know, when he turns into ice. Sure. And he's lost lost a hand, you know. Had, he loses a hand and it comes back. He's, he's able to, you know, reform it. Okay. He's been able to create ice constructs that have an independent volition of their own. Like, he can create... You've seen Frozen, obviously. You're, yeah. You have to have seen Frozen. You know you know uh, Olaf? Mm-hmm. Okay, think Olaf. Think, yeah. think the abominable snowman. He made a giant reindeer. Castle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Olaf... Yeah. Has his own. He, he was a creation of of Elsa's essentially subconscious. Oh yeah, okay. And has his has his own has his own has mind. His own existence. Yeah. yeah, Bobby Drake is doing that now. Like is, he'll create a golem essentially mm-hmm. out of yeah. ice, and that is now autonomous and can move off on its own. 
wow. one of those characters actually became a supporting character and is a member of a secondary X-Men team. That like, reminds me of Multiple Man. Yeah. Um, whose name I forget, but uh, he creates multiple versions of himself. Basically, if you hit him, he turns into two. You hit yeah. one, it turns. You know, he yeah. hydras out. Um, and he runs a he for a while at least. He ran a private eye uh, agency, which is perfect job for him. Uh, yeah. But he like like he called all of himself back, and he yeah. can absorb them all, and then he gets yeah. all their experiences right. But they have to decide whether or not they want to. Yeah. Like, there's a level of autonomy there. And, like, one of them was, like, Kane and walking the earth. And he comes back. He's like, now I kind of want to keep living my life. But you need this. So, okay. Um, but, like, nice. you know, there's all kinds of personalities. So, he's he's not quite doing that. But he is creating, like you said, golems who who are autonomous and able to go and decide and do their own thing. Yeah. And wow. so... We we come. I don't so want to he's say full he's circle, but we've we've now we've now come, at least for the purposes of this episode, to mm-hmm. to where we are on this arc, mm-hmm. um, with this founding member of the X Men having now been recognized as having been mm-hmm. a member of the LGBTQ community all mm-hmm. along, and having now the capacity now that he knows that mm-hmm. having the capacity to become that much more powerful and so the storylines now are we have a gay character who mm-hmm. is not and also ran part of alpha flight yeah whatever right, he's Canadian. Right. yeah it's great he's gay whatever thanks for your inclusion your thank, diversity you, thank you for your inclusion yeah. diversity hire bullshit right no this is bobby drake right a central character a central character from day one mm-hmm. of the whole franchise mm-hmm. who not only had this revelation had this realization but has now become possibly the most powerful member of the x-men right you know I wow. mean, what does cyclops got to compare to that um other than incredible you know, neck muscles okay because to create the amount of force that it takes to destroy buildings, equal and opposite yeah, reaction. Yeah, equal and opposite. Yeah, okay. So his neck muscle—that's his real power. That's really what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> um, that that and his—you know—that uh, that explains why his neck is frequently so stiff. Yes. Um, and he's such does, a goddamn zealot. Yeah. 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 So uh, there's it's just, always rag on Scott Summers' night. <laughs> My brother will not like this. <laughs> Bowie is a huge Scott Summers stan, and and he's got good reasons, and and he should he should get a chance to defend them um, uh, on another episode, maybe if he wants yeah to, if he wants to record that'll be good. It'll be an apologetic episode. I'll do yeah, Lando. He'll do Scott Summers. Um, you'll talk about how the orcs don't deserve to live. It'll be good. Um, but uh, okay, so Bobby Drake is out. Th- I'm still coming back to the fact that he's making autonomous yeah Frozen's. Because isn't that kind of what flyover state middle white America was always afraid of? <laughs> they're going to turn make, all our kids gay. They're going to make more of themselves. Yeah. Which, which you just, know, it's funny. It belies the total it lack belies, of understanding of genetics. Yeah, but. Or, well, or, or, you know, procreation. Right. Like. Uh, no, you don't understand. That's not actually. That's, they're they're the uh, least likely. Well, to you have know, children. but but you know, yeah. their 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 actual fear, of course, was that you know homosexuality is like being a moony. Right. You know. Um, yeah. There was a uh, so <sighs> I have a series, uh, a five DVD series, and it's called like 
mental hygiene or something like that. <laughs> well, one of the ones that's on there is you'll never know when the homosexual is about. And it's straight up. Um, it's, it's oh my God, it's the guy from Lost. Did you ever watch Lost? Yeah. Sawyer's dad was a young teenager who was then being followed and shadowed by tan trench coat, fedora, pencil neck, pencil nose, pencil, or pencil, pencil, mustache. pencil mustache, pencil neck, pencil nose, in between. Um, had a pencil thin mustache. <laughs> but, the and it says, you, you, uh, you'll never know when the homosexual is about. Like, it was like super gay panic. Um, and, and not for laughs. It like, was, like, this was a, the teacher's sick, so we're going to bring in the projector reel and show yeah. you. And demonize wow. homosexuals. Yeah. Wow. So just just they were Man, right because you know, look that what was, Bobby Drake was, is doing. Yeah, and that was back. I'm assuming in the 50s or early 60s. Yeah. So you know all the suicides, all the teen suicides that led to were mm-hmm. just you know well you know it's background noise teenagers. Right. Who knows? Yeah. You know nowadays must be reefer. Yeah, must must be. Yeah. Or communists. Yep. Somehow. Yeah. Like yeah. No, that's that's amazing. So Bobby Drake left all that behind, yeah. and accepted himself, yeah. And now he's and now you never know when he's about. Yes. <laughs> Damn. So that's... we we took the X Men from, like, I mean, they were intentionally dealing with with the social justice issue of the yeah. day, and here on the other end, they're intentionally dealing with the social justice issue of the day. Yeah. And in between. They kept accidentally rolling a twenty every time. Yeah, like they kept getting it. Yeah, without 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 always without always mm-hmm. meaning to. Right, yeah. and and the times where they meant to, they were stymied, and yeah. they still found a way. And they still figured out a way. And you know, I mean, there there have been we're we're you know largely being kind of hagiographic here, but mm-hmm. there, I mean, there have been times where stuff has fallen flat and been. Oh, I've never you really know. liked the X-Men as a series, to yeah. be honest. There are certain characters that I find interesting. There are yeah. certain storylines that I was like, oh, that's good. But by and large, they were... And it was because they always went to space and always did time travel shit. I was like, no, nah, I'm done. Yeah. Um, no, it's it's not cool. Um, yeah, no, I've but, been a Wolverine fanboy basically forever. Oh, you have? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, on, on all those polls, everybody always asks you, what superpower would you want? Yeah. Every single time. I want regeneration. Is this so you can drink and not get drunk? Well, well, see, here's the thing. Partly. Yeah. But but mostly it's just, no, I I, I was raised wrapped in bubble wrap. Oh, okay. Because I'm an only child. Right. And I was a month and a half premature. I was born a twin. Gotcha. I didn't grow up a twin. Gotcha. Because, you know, yeah. so, I was, so I was overprotected, wrapped in bubble wrap. Yeah. And that has left me ever since... Wanting to be fearless, I could I could see and, that. And and Wolverine was 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 for yeah. a good reason. Utterly, yeah. Okay, whatever. I don't care. Whatever, whatever, yeah. whatever the power is that you're going to throw at me, I really don't give a rat's ass. It's so funny because the power I always wanted was yeah. teleportation. Okay. And I always loved Nightcrawler. Okay. Always. Yeah. And he couldn't pass for shit. Yeah. Like he he clearly looked odd and different and. Well, you know, look at the haircut they gave Wolverine. He didn't really pass for much of anything, really. True. You know. True. Uh, and his and his social habits made him, you know. Yeah. <laughs> mad, bad, dangerous to know, and completely socially unacceptable. But. Uh, but yeah, know. they they accidentally and intentionally, and yeah. when they couldn't intentionally, they snuck it in anyway. Yeah. 
all throughout their run. It's yeah. They remind me of the God. I wish comics would just you know get back to telling stories and not do all this social justice be warrior so bullshit. So much nicer. So I mean, much better. Since you know, I mean, do they really need to be Antifa? Like, yeah. Why? You know, why? God Almighty. I mean, why? Why can't you just talk nicely to the Red Skull and Arnim Zola and Baron and, Zemo and you know work things out in the marketplace of ideas? That would be great. That'd I, be great. That's what the it? Punisher does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah okay so yeah. i'm just saying it like i don't like the dodgers i okay. never will i've okay. always hated the dodgers and i know okay. that you're a padres fan because yeah. you're from san diego well, yeah um and i'm a glut for punishment so yeah well you know. that too well and i'm a giants fan so i'm also a <laughs> okay, glutton for yeah. punishment yeah well, and that's but, why we had a good run there yeah. and then like because san francisco fans are assholes I was I was glad when the Giants started losing again. Uh, I'm like I'm much more comfortable now that they're losing. <laughs> the I, world I've, the world makes more sense. I'm so much I'm so yeah. much less stressed. It's so much better. <laughs> but I've never been a Dodgers fan. But I cannot deny the amount of forefront vanguard social justice that the Dodgers organization fought for. Yeah. Now the current owners uh, and the previous owners are horrible human beings. But historically, yeah, I should have the Dodgers as my favorite team if 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 that kind of shit matters to me, and it does because like I, I found out recently that the owner of the Giants is a total dill bag, and I'm like, all right, the whole team is benched until they sell it, um, and I don't mind that, right. uh, but like, you know, I I still fucking hate the Dodgers, and I feel the same way with the X Men. I don't hate them, but I always like if I, if there's a stack of comics, they will be at the bottom. Yeah, like I'm just not interested in the X Men, but I. So obviously should be because they're doing such yeah, well, important stuff. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's um, the they're, Fantastic they're, Four would be underneath them. Yeah, just you know, yeah, they're they're your broccoli. Yeah. The thing is, the thing yeah. is, broccoli has a lot of redeeming qualities. It does all the redeeming qualities, but as good as it is for you, it's uh-huh. not as enjoyable as a double cheeseburger. Yeah. Or, or in for normal whatever. folk, it's because for me, broccoli want. is goddamn where it's at. Oh, okay. It really is. Right. But yes, for nor I totally understand oatmeal? that for. No, I, I really like oatmeal oh, too. Okay, right. Yeah, I, I, don't um, know what to do I, I get you. I know. <laughs> um, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. like they they are what is good about comics. Yeah, I just don't think they're very good comics. Well, because in in a lot of the ideas, mm-hmm. like the 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 really big ideas mm-hmm. that they had about. You know, you know, themes mm-hmm. thematically, it's amazing, right? But they've spent an awful lot of time on on the boots on the ground level in terms of writing, mm-hmm. doing a lot of derivative stuff. Yes, doing a lot of doing a lot of stuff that was like, uh, oh, who was the uh, alien alien invasion? Uh, oh, the Brood. The Brood. Yes, it's like, oh, hey. This alien movie is making all kinds of money. This is popular. We got to do our own version of this. Oh hey, wait! They'll fight I the X-Men. got it. <laughs> we'll use the X Men. Like you know, yeah. Could you, could you do it? You know, Shield. Yeah. What about Shield. Yeah. Well, Shield has the scrolls. Everybody has the scrolls. Right. But, right. You know, yeah, yeah. You know. Well, you know, but they're not shapeshifters. No, no. The thing is, they're like a parasite. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Okay. Great. By the way, whole storyline came out in the 80s, the height of the Cold War. I'm just saying, you know, parasites taking over the brain, communism, anybody. Yeah, I'm not seeing it. Okay. No. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, the, the storylines, the, the, the themes 
are awesome. The individual yeah. storylines too often are fakakta. It's kind of like being a parent. Yeah. The days are short, or the days are long, but the, the years are short. Are, yeah. Like you look back going, man, yeah. what wonderful yeah. coolness. I, I just watched your kid for four hours yeah. and it reminded me of such wonderful memories yeah. that I don't ever want to relive. <laughs> and I loved watching yeah. your boy. Don't get me yeah, wrong. Yeah, that yeah, that, yeah. that wasn't the problem. It was just yeah. like, oh my God, I remember doing this and like and yeah. not enjoying it at all. Yeah, not having any sleep. And yet I did totally enjoy yeah. it. And yeah. I do enjoy having done it, but yeah, it's 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 absolutely that. Yeah. Like I, I completely yeah. understand that. Right. So now that we've waxed rhapsodic, mm-hmm. or whatever the opposite of rhapsodic is about quixotic, uh, quixotic, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's what? What's your takeaway? To wrap all this up, bring us home. What What is your takeaway from this conversation that we've had this evening? The X Men were far more intentional than the Fantastic Four were in their social commentary. Okay. The X-Men, I think, were an intrinsically better book than okay. the Avengers and or the Fantastic Four. And yet, I don't like them more than I like the Avengers. I think okay. the Avengers is a way better book, but the X-Men intrinsically does better for society. Okay. Um, and I think that that's okay. It's kind of like when people ask me who the best baseball player ever was, I've, mm-hmm. I've got a few answers. But they ask me my favorite, and it's never who the best was. Mm-hmm. And I think the X-Men might be like that for me. They are one of the best comic books because of what they tried to do on purpose mm-hmm. and what they succeeded in doing mm-hmm. um, and how they are, they are continuing to constantly do it. But they're by no means one that I would pick up and enjoy, okay. if that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that, that would be my, my takeaway. Okay. Yeah. I like it. So, um, since we're talking books, yes. uh, the, a book that I would like to recommend uh, this okay. week um, is it's called the Physics of Superheroes oh, nice. um, by a man named James Kakalios. Okay, I'm probably butchering his name. All right, um, but he is a physics teacher or professor. Okay, um, and uh, there there was a, a whole slew of books that came out around the same time: the Philosophy of and the Physics of, mm-hmm. several different books. Um, but the Physics of Superheroes. Um, is wonderful because it, it, it's you could read one chapter at a time and learn a bit about physics. Um, he talks about the physics of being a speedster, you know, of being Quicksilver oh, yeah, yeah. or being the Flash yeah. and what that would really mean. Um, he talks about the physics of, of uh, Cyclops' neck, actually. Oh, nice. He talks about that. And he, t- he gets into the physics of how you could do this or this or this thing. And it was, it was a really good read. All right, nice. So, about you. Um, I'm still working my way through uh, How the Scots Invented the Modern World ah. uh, by Arthur Herman. Mm-hmm. Uh, subtitled The True Story of How Western Europe's Poorest Nation Created Our World and Everything in It, <laughs> uh, which is um, an, an example of chauvinism if ever I've heard one. Mm-hmm. But he does make a compelling case of the importance of the Scottish Enlightenment uh, to the, the foundations of what we refer to as the modern Western world. Okay. Um, and you know, as, as somebody who, uh, points up that aspect of my heritage above, uh, many of the others, uh, it's, it's an entertaining read and it's a good, uh, thoughtful, but still popularly written. Okay. If, if that's a meaningful phrase. Yeah, I get uh, it. It's accessible. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it doesn't require, it makes one think, but it doesn't require you to be spending too much time parsing exactly what it is a particular paragraph meant say it just i see you (laughs) so it's written in such a way that even a scotsman could understand it 
Aye. <laughs> right. <laughs> Tez. As a matter of fact. Well, cool. Sounds sounds fun, and uh, it's not the first time you've plugged it. So no. you are. Yeah, you're pa- enjoying it. Yeah. Parenthood means I don't have uh, nearly as much time to uh, actually devote fun. to read to reading for fun uh, as I'd like. But uh, it it is uh, it is very much worth the time. It's a good read. Nice, cool. Well, uh, I guess until next time. Uh, for uh, well, actually, you know what? Uh, we have Twitter. Yes, we do have Twitter. Um, so if you want to hit us up and correct us, tell me why I'm wrong about the X-Men um, and how it's so much better than I think it is. Explain to me how I got the chronology wrong of when any of these things in there X-Men history happened. Uh, tell us why we're right uh, and how much you love the show. Um, we prefer could, that. Yeah, I'm a fan. Uh, and I'd love it if you were too. Um, hit us up at Geek History Time on the Twitter. Uh, I'm personally at Duh Harmony. On the Twitter. And I'm at E.H. Blaylock on the Twitters. Yep. So, uh, so hit, hit us, us up, up there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let us know what you think. Mm-hmm. Um, Damien spends a lot of time yelling at the president. It's mm-hmm. entertaining. Yep. Uh, not always suitable for work. No. But entertaining. Yes. Much like this podcast. <laughs> uh, well, for a Geek History of Time, I'm Damien Harmony. And I'm Ed Blaylock. And keep rolling 20s. <laughs>